Well, good morning and welcome. Welcome to Trinity here in person or those with us online. Uh, welcome to the fourth Sunday of Advent, uh, the Sunday right before we celebrate Christmas, Savior's birth. Hope that you are encouraged and have been encouraged as we've been going through our series this Advent season on peace. We're going to continue that today and also at our Christmas Eve service on Saturday at 5 p.m. And we'll continue it again on Christmas Day service at 1030. We hope that you and your family make a way and and a time to be with us during that blessing and opportunity. Uh, So let's turn our attention to that. Let's turn our attention to the peace that we have because God has pursued it in our lives. And we're going to look at Isaiah chapter 52. Verses 7 through 10 this morning. It's about middle of my Bible, so maybe it is about the middle of yours. As you go looking for Isaiah chapter 52. Again, we're going to read verses 7 through 10. Let's hear God's word. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news, who publishes peace, who brings good news of happiness, who publishes salvation, who says to Zion, your God reigns. The voice of your watchmen, they lift up their voice. Together they sing for joy. For eye to eye they see the return of the Lord to Zion. Break forth together into singing, you waste places of Jerusalem. For the Lord has comforted his people. He has redeemed Jerusalem. The Lord has bared his holy arm before the eyes of the nation. All the earth, into the earth, shall see the salvation of our God. Let's pray. God, as we consider your word this morning, we pray that it would be a a timely encouragement for us. That you would do a good work in our hearts. As we wrestle with the challenges of life in this world, and its difficult circumstances and consequences that may flood our way, Sometimes we long for the words that we just read, and we pray that you would bring that peace to bear on our hearts this morning. Would you do that, we ask, to your glory and our good. In Christ's name, amen. If I were to ask you, what is your favorite Christmas morning memory growing up, or maybe one that you have as you watched your kids grow up, what would you say? What would you say? I bet I would get a genuinely impassioned, maybe even eagerly excited response from you. That, that you would delight in telling me all about that favorite memory. Maybe it was a funny story that your family will laugh about forever. Or a moving moment that will always move you to grateful tears. Or an awe-inspiring moment when you were so filled with delight as you looked upon your kids. Your answer would be conveyed with such meaningful importance and joy. That's what it's like when we have good news to share. We're excited about it, and we're excited to tell it. We put in a little bit of passion in the telling of such good news. We have good news, good news of peace, that we've been focused on in this Advent series. We talked about how the Lord gives peace and how the Lord keeps us in perfect peace. We considered last week how we are to seek peace and pursue it. This week we get to talk about we're to make much of this peace. We're to 
Declare it. We are to be bringers of the good news of peace in our lives and in our people in our lives. That we would see the meaningful importance and joy to make much of such peace. This morning, I want us to see here in our passage, and as we consider it in light of God's story unfolding through the pages of Scripture, that bringing the good news of peace means that good news of peace is delivered. That the good news of peace is something that gets delivered. In order for it to be delivered, good news of peace is declared. It is something that is declared. And then lastly, the good news of peace is delighted in. That we get to delight in this good news. And that is very important how we go about declaring it. And how we go about understanding how it is delivered to us. So let's wrestle with that. Let's think about that. Especially in light of where we are in our calendar. As we are excited to spend time with family and friends in this coming week. We're delighted in the, the joy of what the season usually represents. Let's think of it bigger than that. Let's think about it in this peace that God has brought forth that we get to declare and delight in. First aspect of this is that the good news of peace is delivered. It is delivered. And this is very important for us before we even start thinking about its, its implication and application to our lives is this, God is the first bringer of the good news of peace. God is the first bringer of the good news of peace. Here we are in the Old Testament. We're in Isaiah. And this is Old Testament prophecy. These are the unique books of the Bible that are in the the last half, if you will, of the Old Testament. And some of it, when you read it, it's kind of bonkers. It's wild. Old Testament prophecy is wild. It's filled with all sorts of vivid symbolism and it's speaking toward future things and it and it does so in such so crazy ways and it's sometimes hard to fully grasp what's going on. Imagine being the prophet who's getting this and saying, "Well, I don't know. Here are the words. This is what I was told to say." It's wild. In in Old Testament prophecy, when you read Isaiah to Malachi, when you're reading any of those, big or small, There's a basic structure to all of them that's mostly found in all of them. And that is the prophet is bringing news of judgment and news of the promise of restoration. He's bringing both. He's bringing both. He has bad news and good news. And he has to declare both of them. And that's that's sort of the, the overall structure that you find in these books of the Bible that are a little wild. So first, we find that there's judgment that comes with the prophet message. And it's judgment that's leveled on a couple of people. One is the people of God, and then the other are the nations all around the people of God. And part of the judgment is on the people of God who have abandoned God. God levels a a guilty verdict on the Old Testament people of God for breaking covenant with them, for abandoning Him. And then God goes on to say some crazy things through these prophets. Like he's raising up foreign nations to be the means of his judgment upon his people. And then then God goes around and he tells all the foreign nations that they will be wiped out for what they will do to God's people. Interesting, fascinating, it's wild. Prophets had to do hard things. If you read them, you see that they had to do some strange and hard things. And they had to say hard things. 
to people who had no ears to hear and no hearts to understand. They did not care and they didn't really give it time. That's one part of the prophets. The other part is they got to declare the promises of restoration. That God was also giving good news. That he is the bringer of the good news of peace. He's the first bringer of it. Just as devastating is the judgment, so overwhelming is the scope of, of what you would see as global and cosmic restoration, spiritual restoration, to something even better than what it was before. These promises are so incredible that could only be done by God. That's, that's part of what you read in the Old Testament prophets is that they're so amazing that no human could do them. So it has to be God who does them. No one else could do it. Our passage that we're considering, Isaiah 52, is found in a run of incredible uh, words of promise and hope and restoration. Just surveying it very quickly over these three chapters, Isaiah 51 could be summarized by God saying to his people, I will comfort you. I will comfort you. God, me, I, myself will comfort you. Isaiah 51, 11 and 12, the beginning part of 12 says this. And the ransom of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing. Everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. They shall obtain gladness and joy and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. I, I am he who comforts you. Incredible words. And then in Isaiah 52, you could summarize Isaiah 52 by saying, I will restore you. In verses 9 and 10 that we read, we see this great restoration taking shape. Break forth together into singing, you waste places of Jerusalem. For the Lord has comforted his people. He has redeemed Jerusalem. The Lord has bared his holy arm before the eyes of the nations. All the ends of the earth shall see the salvation of our God. And then in Isaiah 53, which is a passage that gets a lot of attention at the other sort of major holiday that marks our calendar, and that's Easter. And Isaiah 53 says, I will heal you. If you could summarize Isaiah 53, I will heal you in verse 5. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds we are healed. These are staggering words. I mean, and maybe these are words, and as you're looking in your Bible, you see highlights over the years, or little notes that you wrote in 51 and 52 and 53, because they're such encouraging words. But keep in mind, God is saying these words to a people who bailed on him, who lived, as if the, lived their lives as if he didn't exist, or proudly performed religious acts as if God is lucky to have them. That's who he's saying these words to. If you recall, we define peace as the enjoyment of complete and permanent well-being. And God is saying, I will be the one who brings this peace to you. I am the bringer of the good news of this peace to you. And he's bringing such good news to such wayward, undeserving people. What does that tell us? Well, first of all, it tells us something profoundly important about the nature and character of God. It tells us something profoundly important about the depth and scope of his grace and mercy. That he's faithful to his words. I am gracious and merciful, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love, forgiving sinners. 
He stays true to his words. Tells us something about ourselves, that we're mess. And no mess is too messy for God. No mess of a person in this room right now. Whether your mess is because of you or because of others, no mess is too messy for God. He has promised to be your comfort. He has promised to restore. He has promised to heal. We may not know that ultimately and fully until our days are done and we're in his presence, but that does not mean he is slow to fulfill. Tells us much about his character. Also tells us that there is a great delivery of such incredible words. We celebrate the birth of the Savior in this Advent season. It is the delivery of the good news of peace. It is the fulfillment of all that we see here. Old Testament prophecy, again, it's wild, it's bonkers. It's, I said this in our class I actually told them I'm using my notes from here in the class. Now I'm referring back to the class. It's like this is a crazy loop. Anyway, um, Old Testament prophecy was like looking into a kaleidoscope. Like that prophet is looking into a kaleidoscope and all those shapes and colors and things are turning over. And it's, it's kind of crazy and it's wild and it's, it's overwhelming. It's beautiful, but yet it's also kind of structured. And it, there's a form and there's an art and there's a beauty and it's overwhelming to take it all in. I mean, Old Testament prophecy was like that. It had this collapsing, turning view of the future. And so we don't know exactly what part of Jesus's work it's referring to sometimes. Is it his first advent? Is it his second advent? Is it the work that he's doing in between? It's just all this beautiful kaleidoscope that the prophets were getting. And they were getting this message and they were to deliver it to the people. It was delivered by God and then they were to deliver it to the people. And so they may not know. They, in fact, oftentimes didn't know what they were looking at. They didn't know what it was referring to. They just knew this amazing thing was going to come to bear. And then we have the New Testament. In the New Testament, we see that all of the Old Testament, all of its promised Messiah, it it, it all comes to bear in the person and work of Jesus. The Old Testament prophets anticipated his incarnation. They anticipated his crucifixion. They anticipated his return. They just didn't know it. (laughs) They didn't know it to the degree that we know it and see it now in light of the New Testament. In fact, we find that it is this interesting variable that leads us to see that Jesus is the the last delivery of God bringing the good news of peace. And Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 and the beginning part of verse 2 makes this clear for us. That Jesus is the last thing that, that God is saying on the matter. Here it is. Long ago, at many times, in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, He has spoken to us By his son. No other word is needed. No other word is coming. It's all wrapped up in Jesus. God is the bringer. The first bringer. Of the good news of peace. Of that enjoyment. Of complete and permanent well-being. Before we talk about our response of declaring and delighting. We must see that it is first delivered by God. God has brought this forth. We wrestle with our own struggles and challenges and circumstances in our lives. Let's not lose sight that God has been working and moving and bringing about 
his purposes. He is the first bringer of the good news of peace. And as a result, then, it becomes good news of peace that we get to declare. Good news of peace is declared. That we are to be eager to share the good news of peace. That we're eagerly racing back into our lives to share this good news. Let's look back at Isaiah 52, verse 7. Some familiar words for a couple of reasons. And we'll get into some of that. But first, here's what it says. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news. Who publishes peace. Who brings good news of happiness. Who publishes salvation. Who says to Zion, your God reigns. A couple of things to note in that verse. First of all, Zion is a short form reference point to where the people of God and God dwell together. It's, it's a short form of that place. And here we see the word publish, at least in this translation. It simply means to proclaim, to announce, to declare, to preach. And what is it that, that this person with beautiful feet on these mountains is to publish or proclaim or announce or declare and preach? Well, we see right there in our verse, it's peace. We're to, to proclaim and announce and declare and preach peace. We're to do the same of happiness, of salvation, of your God reigns. This is incredibly good news. Good news that this should be coming out of our mouths, out of our lives. Good news of this peace. Good news of this happiness. Good news of salvation. Good news that God reigns. And where is this publishing happening? Well, it's happening on the mountains. What does that mean? So this beautiful feet on the mountains. What in the world is going on here? What is the context here? The context certainly adds to this incredible imagery. Back then, when kings and nations would square off, face each other in battle, if you will, runners would be sent back to the cities or to the capital city with the news of the outcome. Runners would be sent back, and they would be running back with one of two outcomes. They're coming. We lost. Flee. Or... We won. Your God reigns. They would race back with that news. The cities, in return, are waiting with anxious tension. Uncertain futures. Worst case scenarios turning and running through their heads and hearts. People in your life. Maybe you yourself kind of live in the same way. Anxious tensions, uncertain futures, worst case scenarios running through your head and your heart. We have some very pinpoint, decidedly awesome, amazing good news to declare. Our God reigns. That there is peace, there is happiness, there is salvation. Because God has won. Let this tension, this uncertainty, these worst case scenarios do not get the final say in your heart or in your life. And I understand and know that some of these tensions and uncertainties and scenarios are quite difficult. But we have incredibly good news to declare. And at the center of that, de- that declaring good news is the one who fulfills these words. Jesus. 
Christ is the good news of peace to declare. I mean, we see that happening immediately at his birth. There is great declaration in the good news of peace. I mean, we we know these words from Luke 10. Many of us can hear Linus's voice when we read them or someone reads them, right? You hear Linus's. I hear it. I can't do it, so don't ask. Yeah. Yeah. Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Declared, good news, declared. Those angels weren't the only ones declaring such good news. Later, that evening, early morning, shepherds declared it. Later in Luke chapter 2, 7 through 18. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. Good news of peace. Good news of peace is to be declared. Not only do we see it at the birth of Christ, the means of our peace, but we see it in the birth of the church. The church is to get on it. We're to join these angels and these shepherds declaring such good news of peace. Partly why this verse is so familiar is that you may recall that it's found in Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10, verses 11 through 15, might be familiar words for you. In Romans 10, we see this. For the scripture says, everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing his riches on all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they preached unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. You have received this good news and you have believed in this good news. That you have come to see this good news of peace in the person and work of Christ. What profound joy. What an incredible Reality for your life to go from dead to life, from far to son or daughter of God. What an incredible experience of the good news of peace that has come to you, that God has burst into your heart and into your life. What a wonderful opportunity is presented to you with your very life, your very life, no matter who you are, great or small, no matter where you are, no matter what your circumstances are, that you get to be one who gets to race back to other people in your life, eager and excited about the good news that God has won. That God has won, that God reigns, that He has done it all through Jesus. Is there any pep in our step? Is there any eagerness? Is there any excited joy? Is there any reverberating hope coursing through our lives that we are eager to share 
That, that those who are sunk under the tension and angst and uncertainty in this world, that we actually have good news of peace for them. This Advent season, we can think of the, good news, the, the peace that, that God has promised and has brought forth. And we can think about the peace that we have experienced. But do we not see that this very peace that God has promised and brought forth, the very peace that we have experienced in our lives, is the very peace that we get to announce to others around us. Maybe that seems far from happening in your life. And there might be a variety of reasons behind that. And those reasons could be complicated just because humans are complicated. I get that. But what can we do to invigorate our hearts, our very lives, to to see the overwhelming scope and joy of such a peace that God has brought forth and that we have experienced to be something that we declare. Well, I think it's what our third point gets at and what we see in our passage is that we, in order to go about declaring this good peace, we would be a people that see that the good news of peace is delighted in. That declaring flows from hearts that are delighting. That we would be a people who can't help but be overwhelmed with the good news of peace delivered by God. Look back at verses 8 and 9 again of Isaiah 52. The voice of your watchmen, they lift up their voice. Together they sing for joy. For eye to eye they see the return of the Lord to Zion. Break forth together into singing, you waste places of Jerusalem. For the Lord has comforted his people. If you go to a great concert, if you were alive in the days of Beethoven, he wrote some bangers. I mean, musically, we, we had one of them with us this morning. You, wouldn't have been, you could not have waited to tell others about that experience. Maybe it's a sporting event that you went to and it was so overwhelming and, and you couldn't wait to tell others about that experience. That there is an eagerness to delight in and declare um, those kinds of experiences and those moments in which we get to witness. It's funny to see how delighting and declaring are mixed together, especially here in our passage. Together they sang. Break forth together into singing. At the announcement, at the realization of this good news of peace, there is great joy. There is a togetherness. There is a singing. There is the, the joy being rejoiced. Joy in action, if you will. And it's all around who God is and what God has done. And who God is and what God has done is so amazing that breaking forth into a musical is a totally appropriate response. I mean, we have good news. We have good news for sad hearts. We have good news for wounded hearts. We have good news for broken hearts. We have good news for sin-clogged, sin-stained hearts. We have good news of peace. And this good news is of great joy. It is to be declared, but it is to be delighted in. And our delighting in will be fuel to our declaring it. 
So there's a number of things that we can think about and apply to our lives in light of this. What does this look like in our lives and our church right now? What would it look like to be a people who are delighting in the good news and declaring the good news that God has delivered to us through the gospel, through the person and work of Jesus Christ? Well, there are three things that I would love for us to think about and wrestle and apply. First is this. Do you believe it? Do you believe in the good news of peace delivered by God? Do you believe in this message that centers our Christmas season, this Advent season? That is the center message of the Bible that you hold or may hold. The center message of what you're hearing right now is that God has sovereignly and graciously made a way for sinners such as us, people who are not perfect by any stretch of the imagination, For us who have rejected God or lived as if he didn't exist or actually lived in a way that said, God, you're lucky to have me. This message is for you that God has sovereignly and graciously made a way for that sinner to be saved. And he has done so through the life and the death and the resurrection of God incarnate, God in the flesh, doing what we could not do, giving what we could not gain so that we could have victory over something we could never defeat. Our own death and our sin and all of the judgment it deserved. That God has purposefully and passionately and graciously and mercifully brought this about. Do you believe this? Do you believe this? I don't want to assume that just because you've gone to church your whole life that that's the case. Maybe you've dodged this. Maybe you're excellent at dodgeball. You've dodged this message all your life. Don't dodge it anymore. Or maybe you're here and and you're still wrestling with this. I would say that there is nothing more important to wrestle with in all of your life than this message. And the call here is to believe. How does this apply? Well, first we believe. Now now you say, yeah, pastor, I I have. And and by God's grace, I'm I'm not who I am or I'm not who I once was. and And I know I'm not what I will be, but I am who I am right now because of God's grace. And I do believe this. Well, I want to say to you, believe this. Keep on believing. No, I'm not going to say it the other way. Keep on believing. Keep on believing. Keep on looking to this good news with great joy and hope and wonder. Tenderize your heart with the good news of peace that God has delivered. Secondly, what does this look like in our lives and our church now? Well, rehearse this good news. Rehearse this good news of peace. So as to declare it to yourself. Rehearse this good news of peace. To declare it to yourself. To tenderize your heart again and again over who God is and what God has done. Keep telling it to yourself. Rehearse it to yourself. I mean, can you imagine those shepherds as they're walking? Did you believe that? And they're just talking to themselves. And they're like, right, yeah. And then all of a sudden, it's like this chorus singing. It's like, yeah, that was weird. And they're declaring it. And it's like, I don't know what I just saw, but I think it's pretty amazing. And maybe that's part of where you are in your faith. And that's a great place to be. That's very exciting. Keep rehearsing this to yourself. Rehearse it to each other. Those shepherds are walking along. I, did I, am I crazy? No, you're crazy. They're rehearsing it to each other. They're telling one another. 
They're telling others along the way that they get there and they're telling Joseph and Mary, this is what was owed to us. This is why we're here. This is awesome. Rehearse this good news to each other. And then thirdly, rehearse it to others. Rehearse it to others. To those who are in darkness and need light. Those who are far and hurt and wounded and wobbly in their lives. Rehearse this to others. Delighting in it. Delighting in it. Gets you all the more familiar with it. When you are delighting in that concert performance that you saw. Or that sporting event that you witnessed. You are rehearsing it again and again. You're telling all the same people the same story again and again. Because it was amazing. And we all listen to it again. Because it was amazing. But rehearse it. Rehearse it. So that you're more familiar with it. In your head and in your heart and your lips. And more likely to then... Rehearse it to others. Thirdly, just a reinforcement of the point that we're considering. Not only believe in the good news of peace delivered by God, rehearse the good news of peace so as to declare it to yourself, to each other, to others. But then thirdly, delight in the good news of peace so as to have a tender heart toward God. So as to have a tender heart toward each other. So as to have a tender heart toward others. Advent is the arrival of God fulfilling his promises. It's not the advent of God winning the argument. Winning a culture war. No, it is the arrival of in humanity, with skin and bones, that God is gracious and merciful and slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and forgiving sinners. Delight in that so as to have a tender heart toward God. Delight in that to have a tender heart to each other. Delight in it to have a tender heart to those who are far from Him. The enjoyment of complete and permanent well-being is to encourage our lives to declare the good news of such peace with others. and To fuel our hearts to delight in the God who brings the kind of peace that lasts forever. Let us not lose sight of such a joy and privilege to be bringers of the good news of peace. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word, and we thank you that not only does it instruct our lives, but it brings timely encouragement. And I pray for those in here who are feeling weak and wobbly, feeling a little worn down or wounded in life. And I pray that your truth, your grace that's dripping on the pages of Scripture, the grace that you've burst into our lives with, that that would be a timely encouragement to us right now. God, would it be instructive then to our hearts that we would believe and trust in you, that we would rest in and delight in and declare all that we have received from you. God, I pray that you would strengthen our faith and our resolve to be people who bring the good news of peace. 
to ourselves, to each other, to those who are in great need. To your glory, our good, we pray. In Christ's name, amen.